I encourage you just to hear what's being said today. I know you've heard me many times before in sharing some sometimes very difficult messages. And sometimes those messages are the ones we need to have ears to hear. The Bible says that we need to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. So I really encourage you to just try and concentrate and ask God to speak to you this morning. Even when you read your Bibles, don't just read the bits that say the nice things. There's parts of the Bible that you can read and leave other scripture out and think that everything's okay. Sometimes you need to look a bit deeper, and that's what we're going to do this morning. I'm talking about living in Christ, abiding in Christ. We have a choice. As children of God, we can live in the Spirit or we can live in the flesh. Like, uh, we know that we, when we were born again, we accepted Jesus as our personal Savior. That gave us the opportunity for the first time to have a relationship with God. And so now, because of what Christ has done, we can come in the presence of God and get to know Him. Yeah. Does somebody want to translate? I just can do it. Okay. So what I'm talking about is coming in the presence of God, not just for a visit, but learning to abide in His presence. Okay? So I want to share some of the conditions that go with that. Your salvation comes in two parts. I've shared this with you before. And I remind you again, the first part is where Christ did everything and we did nothing. There was a time when we were living in sin and we were enemies of God and we were blind. We didn't even look for God. We weren't even looking for Him. But He found us. And that's what we celebrated today already. But understand, there's another side to Christianity that people don't want to hear about. And that side is the side where we have to do something. And I'm going to try and explain that to you this morning. Understand that there's very little we can do if you think about it in the natural. There's nothing good lives in us, Paul said. So even our best efforts are like filthy rags. So what can we do? How do we approach this whole thing? Because if we're going to have a relationship with God, it's not going to be by the natural. It's not going to be a, something that we can understand or appreciate with the mind. That's the difficulty I have all the time in teaching people. They always want to appreciate it with the natural. But you can't do that. Okay, since I believe... Brother Keith, kailangan natin magkaroon ng tengan upang marinig ang sinasabi ng banal na Espiritu sa atin. At pag nagbabasa kayo ng Biblia, hindi lang natin babasahin kung ano yung nais nating basahin, yung magagandang sinasabi. Kailang, sa pamumuhay kay Kristo, mayroon tayong dalawang choice. Mamuhay tayo sa Espiritu o mamuhay tayo sa laman. Nung tayo yung naborn again, tinanggap natin si Jesus bilang tagapagdigtas at ating Savior, nagkaroon tayo ng relasyon sa Kanya at magkakaroon tayo ng, para, ng pagkakataon upang makilala siya 
sa paglapit natin sa presensya ng Panginoon, hindi lang dapat tayo bumibisita sa presensya niya, kundi nananatili tayo sa kanyang presensya. At ang, ang, pag, ang salvation, dalawa ang part nito. Ang unang part, si Kristo si ginawa niya ang lahat nung tayo kanyang niligtas, pinatawag niya tayo sa ating mga kasalanan. Sa pangalawang part, kailangan may gawin tayo at yun ang sasabihin niya ngayon, yun ang explain niya. At kailangan, kailangan nating, walang maganda na naka, walang maganda sa atin. Tayo, likas ng mga kasalanan, lahat ng mga best efforts natin, lahat ng ginagawa natin ay parang maduming basahan. At kailangan magkaroon tayo ng relasyon sa Panginoon. Paul describes what I'm talking about in the book of Colossians. I want you to turn there. Christianity is not just another religion. It is a relationship with a living God. And here Paul gives us an explanation of salvation which most people never see because they don't read the Bible in the spirit. They read it with their minds. In the book of Colossians, Paul had to explain to the church salvation from the beginning. Because he couldn't go there himself, it was one of those churches he couldn't visit. And sometimes when you can't visit somebody, you have to put in writing what you really need to say. But normally, there's things you need to say to people face to face. And if I have to say you're living in sin, for example, I would rather come and visit you personally. Okay? And that's not a very pleasant experience, but Paul tried to keep to that rule most of the time. Whenever he had to bring a correction, he wanted to do it personally. But on this occasion, he couldn't do it. And the book of Colossians is a very unusual book. It's the only book that talks about killing the flesh. A very important subject. And let me tell you now that all the blessings of God, all the promises of God are void in your life if you don't learn the lesson today. Because without the killing of the flesh, nothing is going to happen. In the book of Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, we see a very pleasant scripture that most people read this and say hallelujah and get excited. And that's all. But Paul said, God who is rich in mercy has translated us out of the kingdom of darkness or out of the darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. We know in this world there are many nations and all those nations are separated by border controls but in the spiritual realm there's only two nations, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And you're in one of those kingdoms today. It's not guaranteed you're in the kingdom of light. You might be in the kingdom of darkness. Many live in darkness today, even though they're born again. But Paul said, you were translated. This word translated appears in another place in the Bible, in the book of Acts, chapter 8. I'm not going to give you the verse, you can do your own Bible study, because we don't have time. But this was talking about Philip, 
when he was ministering and traveling. And he was one of the early apostles. He was given the great commission by God. And because of that, he needed to move quickly. You heard the testimony this morning that I travel on the average about 70 nations a year. In the natural, I should be dead. There's no way anyone physically can do that kind of traveling and still be alive. Okay? But there's a supernatural power that goes on within my body that continues to aid me. It's not just that, but it's other things. Wisdom, the ounce of prevention, all those things make my job possible. But I would like the kind of privilege that Philip had was that he was translated. It would make my job so much easier, especially coming to San Fernando. I could have last night, I arrived at the bus station around 11 o'clock in Manila, in, in Pasay, and I could have been speaking and joining Tim immediately five minutes later if I could have been translated. It would have been very nice. But that didn't happen. I had to get on that bus. Now, what is God saying here? Because this word, translated, is very important. Okay? Sabi sa Colossians, ang Christianismo hindi lang religion kundi relationship sa Panginoon. At ito yung na-explain ni Paul. May mga kailangan tayong sabihin sa mga tao na kailangan natin usulat, pero yung kailangan, ibang kailangan natin sabihin, kailangan sabihin ng harapan. At pag nagko-correct tayo sa mga tao, kailangan sabihin ng personal. Sa ang Colossians ay isang kakaibang book, libro, dahil pinag-uusapan dito ang pagpatay sa laman. Lahat ng mga pagpapala at mga pangako ng Panginoon ay hindi mapapasa atin kung hindi natin, kung hindi namamatay ang ating laman. Sabi sa Colossians 1.13, ang Panginoon translate tayo mula sa kingdom ng kadiliman papunta sa kaharian ng kanyang anak. At dito sa mundo, maraming nasyon. Dalawa lang ang nasyon sa, sa kaharian ng Panginoon. Ang, ang kingdom ng darkness o kadiliman at ang kingdom ng ilaw o light. At isa tayo, isa tayo nasa isa doon. Marami daw mga kristyano, kahit kristyano na nabuhan na ganyan na, namuluhay pa rin sa kadiliman. At sinasabi rin sa Acts 8, nung si Philip ay nagmiministero at nagpatravel, dahil binigyan siya ng Great Commission, kailangan niyang kumilos na mabilis. Si Keith, nagpubunta siya sa 70 na bansa taon-taon. At kung, kung sa natural na... Sa, sa natural, kaila, siguro patay na siya. Pero dahil sa supernatural na power na binibigay sa kanya ng Panginoon, nagagawa niya yung taon-taon. At nais niya na magkaroon siya ng ganong pribilehyo parang kay Philip na matatranslate. Ibig sabihin, pagdating niya ng bus station sa Pasay mula sa UK, 5 minutes nandito niya kagad sa launod. So what happened in Philip's life was emergency. They had been given the Great Commission, and if you read in the book of Mark, the last verse, you will see that the Great Commission was already fulfilled. So we're not trying to fulfill the Great Commission anymore. 
Maybe you're living in darkness, that's why you don't know that. But the truth is, those early disciples, without technology, without iPhones, without your air-conditioned buildings, with all your technology, they succeeded in reaching the whole world. Okay, that's what the Bible says. If you want to disagree with the Bible, go ahead. Okay, but you'll get yourself in trouble with God. So sure enough, those disciples did it. You know why? Because they do something you don't do. They learn to hear the voice of God and just do what He said. You will never be successful unless you learn to do that one thing. And Philip here was minding his own business. And God said to him, go into the wilderness. What's in the wilderness? I mean, if you don't take enough water with you, you will die. I mean, seriously, you, you should know how hot it gets here in the Philippines, especially in the summer. Well, I'm telling you, there was no Jollibee on the side. There was no McDonald's that Philip could visit. For him to move into the wilderness, like God said, was death for him. But he didn't mind. He was ready to die. And if you're not ready to die, you're not ready to live. So sure enough, he went into the wilderness. And on, as he went in, he didn't, God didn't explain to him why he's going into the wilderness. He just went. And when he went there, he met an Ethiopian eunuch on his way to Africa. And the gospel first came to Africa through Ethiopia. I've been among the churches there. So I know this is true. And sure enough, he witnessed to the person. This person was already seeking God. He'd been prepared by God. This was a divine plan. God doesn't need your help. He can do everything himself. But he invites us to be part of his plan, not yours. He's not interested in committees. So sure enough, he meets up with this Ethiopian eunuch, and when he finishes ministering to him, he flies up in the air and disappears from sight and ends up somewhere else. That was emergency. Let me tell you now, I know because I travel so many nations a year for them to cover the entire world in just a very short time, they needed that technology. God is not giving me that technology today because I don't need it. There are airplanes, there's other resources available. Maybe in the future, though, that may change. But right now, he's not doing that, and he's not authorizing you or anyone else to have that technology on a regular basis. But Philip many times was translated. Ang sinasabi niya, ng mga unang disipulo, natuto silang marinig ang boses ng Panginoon at gawin kung ano sinasabi niya. Sinasabi niya, hindi tayo magiging successful kung hindi natin matututunan ito. Si Philip noon, nung siya ay tinutusan ng Panginoon na pumunta sa disyerto, may nakilala siyang isang taga-Afrika, Ethiopian, may yunok o isang parang pare. At sinaya niya ang gospel sa kanya. At yung taong yun, talagang nasisik na siya kay God noon hindi yun aksidente ba? talagang nasa plano yun ng Panginoon at pagkatapos nangyari noon ay biglang dumipad si Philip bakit nangyari yun? dahil nung panahon na yun wala pang mga eroplano wala pang teknolohiyang uh, uh, makakapag yun wala pang available na technology kaya nangyari noon 
There are many examples of this in our world too. For, let's say, if somebody became sick here in the Philippines, and they are somewhere in the rural areas, and they need emergency medical treatment, your government has the authority and the ability to send in a helicopter to pick you up wherever you are and fly you to a hospital to save your life. Those of you women who may be having complication with the birth and you're far, you know that to travel by road would be 16, 18 hours and you would die on the way. In Africa, if somebody gets a snake bite, within four hours they're dead. So they got to fly you to that hospital. You understand? The same in my country when somebody is caught in traffic, they can send a helicopter in and pick them out and get them to the hospital for whatever reason. And Paul here is describing the new birth. Like I said, this book is very unusual. And here he is trying to explain to the church that this was also an emergency, that God translated you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. First of all, when you fly that kind of distance, you miss out what's on the ground. And we know between any two nations there is what we call immigration. It's nice when somebody flies you. If you had to take medical treatment in the UK that was not available here in the Philippines, we could fly you there and we could treat you. And I assure you when you go there, you don't need to be carrying your passport with you because you're not going to pass through immigration. They will take you straight to the hospital and they will immediately treat you. This is what Paul is talking about here. And sure enough, you were translated for a reason. Because you were in the darkness. You didn't start in the light. You started in the darkness. And that's where the devil lives. And he loves to eat baby Christians. And you were one of them. And part of your salvation was not just getting rid of your sins and enabling you to enjoy the presence of God, but was actually rescuing you from the devil's claws. First of all, you need to understand, the devil is not afraid of you. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that in the latter days, there's going to be two groups of people. One group is going to be overcome, the other group is going to overcome. Two groups of believers. And the group of believers that are going to be overcome, the Bible says that God Himself, our Father, our Heavenly Father, is going to give authority to the devil to make war against the saints and overcome them. So don't think the devil is, uh, is afraid of you. Because there's going to come a time when God himself, you read it in the book of Revelation, he tells us that he is going to overcome the saints. But only because God gave him the authority to do that. So the devil is on a leash. And he can only do what God allows. And in this particular situation, because God was trying to help us, he snatched us from the devil's camp and flew us into the kingdom of light. But be sure of this, it was emergency. 
It was a freebie. It was not going to be done again. It's a one-time deal. You understand? You don't get this again. No more translations. It's a one-time deal. And when you do that, you get yourself in the light, which is where you need to be, and you have a time there to get your act straight. But if you waste the time, like most people do, then you will lose the joy of your salvation. You will not lose your salvation. No. That's not what Paul is saying here. But you will lose the joy of your salvation. And your sin will cost you that beautiful, intimate relationship with God. Nothing, the Bible says, will separate us from His love. He always loves us, even when we're His enemies. So don't forget that. Now, like I say, most people don't want to hear that kind of teaching. But let's go a little bit deeper now, and we'll look at Colossians chapter 2. Maraming mga halimbawa nung sinabi niya kanina sa mundo. Halimbawa ay pag nagkakasakit ng mga tao sa baryo at walang sasakyan na pagpunta sila sa ospital, maaari ang gobyerno magpadala ng isang helikopter para kunin sila at mapadala sila sa ospital. Ganun din yung sinasabi ng translation natin mula sa kingdom ng darkness sa kingdom ng light. Mabilis ito at one time deal lang ito. Ibig sabihin, hindi na mauulit pa. At sa pagtatranslate sa atin mula sa kingdom ng darkness sa kingdom ng light, um, kailangan sa panahon na yun, kailangan magbago na tayo. Kung hindi, ay mawawala sa atin ang joy of salvation, yung pagkakaroon ng kasiyahan sa ating pagiging saved. At magka- ang ating kasalanan ay magbudulo sa atin upang hindi magkaroon ng maganda at malapit na relasyon sa Panginoon. Ngunit sinasabi sa Biblia na wala makakapaghiwalay sa atin sa pag-ibig ng Diyos. Kaya kahit na noong tayo makasalanan pa ay mahal na tayo ng Panginoon. At sinasabi rin niya kanina na sa book ng Revelation, dalawang klase ng tao sa mundo, sa, sa mga huling araw. Yung mga taong ma-defeat ma- ng devil dahil binigyan ng Pang- bibigyan ng Panginoon ng otoridad ang mga tao na pahirapan ng demonyo at sila ay ma- ma- mabigo at yung mga tao naman na ma-overcome ang demonyo. Before we proceed to Colossians chapter 2, I will share a little bit of my testimony. I accepted Christ as my personal Savior, but I didn't make Him Lord of my life. Big mistake. And that cost me eight years. Eight years of misery. I accept Him as my Savior because I didn't want to go to hell. That was all I was concerned about. And the church I was going to was a very traditional church. But when I got born again, I had that wonderful encounter. I had the joy of the Lord, the peace of God. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 14 verse 17, it says the kingdom of God is not a question of food or drink. But it's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So you can test yourself today, if you're really living in the kingdom where you were translated on the first day, you can check yourself and see if you're still there. 
If you don't have this fruit in your life, you are not there. You understand? If anyone tells you otherwise, they are a liar. The truth is, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's no good telling you you're doing something when you're not doing it. That is not going to help you. That is stupidity. The truth is the truth. Even if it hurts, it's better to know where you are, when you are. You understand? And if you want to grow up, you have to understand where you are. The The church is guilty today. Yeah. You don't go from first grade to tenth grade. You understand? You start at first grade, you go second grade, you go third grade, you go fourth grade, and you work your way up. And there's a level, a passing level at every stage. Now, like I said, when I first accepted Christ, I had that joy. I had that peace my joy and I tried to ask the people in the church what is it what's happened no one could give me an explanation all they told me was this is the honeymoon period don't worry we're off after a while these people were baptized in lemon juice they didn't have the fruit of living in the spirit they had the fruit of living in the flesh do you understand I didn't know that I'm a baby I couldn't discern that. These people were reading their Bibles. They assured me that they knew their Bible better than I did. But they had lost the grace of God. Listen to me very carefully. You're not going to like this, but I'm telling you the truth. When Jesus was on this earth, there were two groups of people that he ministered to. One group of people were living in sin. These people were committing adultery. Some were even tax collectors. And he treated them kindly. You understand? Treated them very kindly. And sometimes he even stayed with such people in their homes. You understand? And those people came to him. They were humble. They were repentant. They knew their sin. 
But there was another group of people. These were the religious people. Always talking the Hebrew. And always talk, 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 talk. And these people were religious. They knew how to say things perfectly. They knew how to pray on street corners. To those people, he was incredibly nasty. In fact, he treated those people like as if they were close to the very edge of hell. And he called them wicked vipers. Now, there might be some of you in here today like that. Because you don't understand to whom much is given, much is expected. The more you tell me you know, the worse it's going to be for you in the judgment. I know nothing except what I do know I have put it in my life. I do not waste time telling you things that are theory. I have been walking with God for over 20 years and in that time I have never lost the presence of God. And I can hear God faster than you can think. Now, like I say, I lost the joy of my salvation. That went on for eight years. Miserable. Finally, somebody told me the truth. It wasn't nice. And you recognize this man. Here's a picture of him. His name is Joseph Hedgecock. And he's written a book called My Sheep Hear My Voice. So if you're smart, you'll buy this book. Okay? Nung siya ay bagong kristyano pa, tinanggap niya si Jesus bilang kanyang tagapagdiktas, pero hindi bilang Panginoon. At namuha siya ng ganito ng walong taon at hindi siya masaya. Nagawala siyang peace, wala siyang joy. And sabi sa Romans 14:17, ang kaharian ng Panginoon ay hindi tungkol sa pagkain o sa inumin, kundi sa habanalan, sa kapayapaan at sa joy or kasiyahan sa banal na espiritu. Kung wala kang ganito, wala, wala ka sa, sa kaharian ng Panginoon. Sinasabi rin niya na kailangan tingnan natin ang ating buhay at tingnan natin kung ano yung mga bagay na, na nagdudulot upang hindi natin marating kung ano ang dapat natin marating. Kailangan, nung tinanggap, natin, nung tinanggap niya si Kristo, nagkaroon siya ng joy at peace pero nawala yun sa kanya. Ang sinasabi sa kanya noon ng mga kasama niya sa church ay ganun talaga. Pero nalaman niya, naintindihan niya na hindi pala dapat ganun. Sinasabi rin niya na may dalawang klase ng tao na minimister ni Jesus nung panahon niya. Yung mga tao na mamuhay sa kasalanan tulad ng mga mga tax collector, mga adulterer at mabait si Jesus sa kanila at sila ay humble at talagang minatanggap nila na sila ay makasalanan at meron din yung mga taong religyoso na palaging alam nila kung anong sasabihin nila marunong sila magbasal pero ayaw ni Jesus sa kanila at ang pagtrato ni Jesus sa kanila ay parang sila pupunta na sa impyerno at tinawag pa silang mga mga makasalanan na parang mga ahas at sabi niya maaaring ilan sa atin ngayon ay tulad nila. Kailangan daw nating alalahanin na kung na dumaloy no, kung ano pang kung, habang mas dumadami ang nalalaman natin, kailangan din na ay 
kung mas maraming alam natin, mas grabe rin ang judgment sa atin ng Panginoon kung hindi natin po sinasapamuhay. In the Bible, there are only three denominations. And you're in one of them. Hot, cold, or lukewarm. That's the only three denominations. So you've got a chance now to change your denomination and make sure you get in the right one. Okay? In the book of Colossians chapter 2, I begin in verse 10. Paul said, here he said, we are complete in him. Because you're born again today, you can waste time and never become who you're supposed to become. That is a warning. The only way you'll ever achieve what you're supposed to become is to get in Christ and abide in Christ. That is your responsibility. You've got to keep the sin out of your life. You've got to learn to obey Christ. You can't live in Christ and do what you want. You can't live in Christ and be Lord of your own life. Period. It's a warning. Anyone who says otherwise, that man is facing the, the fires of hell. Okay? If you want to live in the Spirit, you have to do what the Spirit says. If you want to live in Christ, you have to do what Christ says. If you want to live in the kingdom of God, you have to do what the Father says. They're the three rules. Now, like I say, we have to be in Christ. Verse 11 says, and this is the one I want you to listen to. Paul says here, we were circumcised by Christ in the heavenly realms to the putting off of the flesh. Now Paul is trying to explain something here in the writing. Many difficult things are not said, can't be said without meeting somebody in person. He's using an illustration here. In the Jewish faith, a boy is circumcised eight days after they're born. Okay? Here Paul is not talking about some physical birth. He's talking about the new birth. This is eight days after you were born again. Something else took place in your life that you knew nothing about and no one's telling you. Because they don't know. The theologians, they don't know this. But it's in the Bible anyway. You were circumcised. Eight days. So was I. So were you. And this was done in the heavenly realms on your way up as you arrived in the presence of God. It was not done when you were in the darkness. This is eight days afterwards. And you were circumcised. You were not circumcised by a religious priest. This was a contract between you and Jesus. And that contract is still in force. It's not a religious contract. It is not obeying the law. We are not interested in obeying the law. We are obeying Christ. And we are obeying the Spirit. And this contract was made by Him and is with you. Okay? Now, because you're living in the darkness, you never look down and see that you were cut. But you were. You were cut by Christ. And that was there to remind you, when you're eight days old, you can't do anything. You're a baby. And babies just eat, sleep, and make a mess. Christ, when he made this contract with you, you were helpless. 
You could not change yourself, and neither should you even try to change yourself. If you change yourself, you will be the author of that work, which means that you did the work, you will get the glory. But if you let Christ do the work, He will get the glory. It's up to you. Some of you are going to fight against God if you're not careful. Stop trying to do the work. That's why God is coming against your life. It's no good trying to tell me you're blessed. You're not blessed. You're cursed. Because you are trying to do the work. He is not interested in your help. We have a little saying in the ministry. If you help God a lot, He can do a little. If you help God a little, He can do a lot. But if you don't help him at all, He can do anything. Stop trying to help God. It's a sin. So, when I was circumcised, <coughs> I was circumcised by Christ. Now, I'm going to finish here. This is a warning. Circumcision will not change you. The children of Israel died in the wilderness. It wasn't the devil that killed them. It was God. And God will also kill you if you don't learn this lesson. I tell you, because you are circumcised, it makes no difference. It didn't save the Jews, and it won't save you. I tell you, you better learn the lesson of circumcision. So I'm going to continue this message. If you're smart, you will stand and you will listen to the truth. If you want a cheap message, go and get it somewhere else. Go and find people who will tickle your ears and tell you everything's okay when it's not okay. But I didn't come all this way to entertain you. I came here to warn you of the coming wrath. So if you want to get yourself ready, learn the lesson of what circumcision is all about. Because you were circumcised by Christ. Okay? Sa Biblia, may tatlong klase ng denomination. Isa yung mga mainit, pangalawa yung mga malamig, at pangatlo yung mga lukewarm. At uh, isa tayo sa mga denomination ngayon. Sinasabi rin sa Colossians 2.10, tayo ay kumpleto kay Kristo. Kaya kailangan uh, mamuhay tayo sa kay Kristo, manatili tayo sa Kanya. Kailangan mawala sa atin ng kasalanan at sundin natin ang sinasabi ng Panginoon. Dahil hindi natin, uh, hindi tayo mamumuhay kay Kristo kung tayo pa rin ang nasusunod, kung tayo pa rin ang Panginoon ng ating buhay. Kailangan gawin natin kung ano ang sinasabi ni Kristo ng banana espiritu at ng sinasabi ng ating Panginoong Diyos. Sabi rin sa verse 11, tayo ay natuli o nasircumcised kay Kristo sa, sa langit sa pamamagitan ng pagpatay ng ating laman. Ang new birth na sinasabi niya, yung pagiging born again, eight days after tayo na born again, nag nagkaroon tayo ng circumcision sa heavenly realms. Pero hindi, hindi, hindi tayo mababago sa pamamagitan ng circumcision at pagkatuloy lamang. Kailangan, ay mga Israelites noon, namatay pa rin sila sa bisyerto kahit sila ay na-circumcise. Pero hindi sila namatay sa bisyerto. Hindi yun ang dahilan ng kanilang pagkamatay. Ang, ang pumatay sa kanila mismo ay ang Panginoon. At kaya kailangan maintindihan natin ang message ng circumcision. 
when Keith was talking about translated, uh, ang pumasok sa isip ko yung movie Star Trek. Nakita niyo yung movie Star Trek na uh, kung nasa spaceship sila, kung gusto nilang pumunta dun sa planet, tatay mo sila sa isang lugar dun, tapos bin up sky, meron silang technology na ma-disintegrate yung katawan nila, tapos isang seconds lang andun na sila sa planet. So parang yung super bilis na travel, and uh, yun ang ibig sabihin na translated. And, ang, ang pumasok sa isip ko, na parang in-imagine ko na Christian movie din, na andun tayo sa darkness, andun tayo sa flesh, and we're in the uh, world of darkness bilang hindi paliktas na tao. And then, when we receive Jesus Christ, uh, say we, parang build me up, Scotty, parang build me up, Lord, and then we get automatically, parang instant, you know, you don't have to pass immigration, parang makapasok sa kaharian ng Diyos, you don't have to uh, do a lot of ground travel, parang instantly, wala na tayo doon sa planet of darkness, biglang nandun na tayo sa spaceship ng Panginoon. Automatic, instant, Salvation by grace. And then, sinasabi ng Keith is, meron ganyan kasi talagang emergency. Sasabog itong planet ng darkness. You have to be translated. It's an emergency situation. Kaya God puts an initial uh, grace and then under may yung parang freebie. Sabi niya, free, libre yan. Pero ngayon, dahil ang nice ng Panginoon is a relationship Hindi wala tayong participation. Meron na tayong participation sa side natin, which is to grow up and to get uh, sin out of our lives, which I believe he's going to talk more about sa ating uh, part two, mamaya, mamaya after the break. So let's just uh, pray together and ask God to germinate the seed that had been scattered today. Father, thank you for the word and just put in us a desire for truth, a desire for the, the the message to to get get planted. Lord, we just trust your word. If it's if it's your word, we'll trust it. And Lord, whatever we had thought before or understood before, uh, we just want to embrace your word and let your word uh, transform us. Lord, we want to be uh, changed not by our own efforts. We cannot do that. Without Christ, we can do no thing. So we want to have your life in us to supernaturally change us, Lord. Thank you for the circumcision that you did to us. The Lord, teach us to uh, live in that and participate on our side to actually uh, develop the love relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the word. And just bless us now as we receive and, and soak on that word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.